Hello, my friends. Today, I take you through some of the political responses to Stephen Gilboa's uh, proposed censorship bill. He's got a couple of censorship projects in the go. Uh, the Conservative Party, thankfully, has come out against Bill C-10. But I got a few clips of the Conservative Party just a few months ago, actually, standing up in Parliament and demanding that Stephen Gilboa censor more and harder. And he names YouTube in particular. Um, I, I don't think it'll surprise you, but I'll prove it to you. That's ahead. Let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus first. You get the video version. I want you to see the Conservatives standing up in Parliament three times and demanding more brutal internet censorship. You have to see it because then you'll remember it forever as opposed to me just telling you about it. That's one of the benefits of having the subscription to Rebel News Plus. You get the video, not just the audio podcast. You also get access to Sheila Gunn Reed's show, David Menzies' show, Andrew Chapito's show. And the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping to keep Rebel News strong. Eight bucks a month isn't a ton of dough. It's about half the price of, say, a Netflix subscription. But you know, if enough folks chip in, it'll keep the Rebel independent. So we never, never, and we never would, take a dime from Trudeau. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, it's World Press Freedom Day, and Canada keeps hurtling towards censorship. It's May 3rd, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. A bit of chutzpah today from Justin Trudeau. You know what the word chutzpah means, right? It's, it's Yiddish. It means audacity. You know that awful joke about a man who kills his parents and then asks the court for mercy because he's an orphan now. That's chutzpah. Like O.J. Simpson saying he'll hunt for the real killers. Well, here's Justin Trudeau on World Press Freedom Day. He made this release. I'll read it to you. Today on World Press Freedom Day, we celebrate the invaluable role that journalists play in Canada and around the world and honor all those who have lost their lives in pursuit of the truth. We also rededicate ourselves to a fairer and more inclusive future where everyone, everywhere, is free to make their voices heard. You know, I also care about press freedom around the world too, but I live in Canada and press freedom here is in steep decline. No wonder Trudeau wants to talk about foreign countries instead. But what's that part of the again about making things fairer and more inclusive? Free speech is free speech. That's the fairness part. Everyone gets to be free. But when regulators and authoritarians and politicians talk about making conversations fairer, they usually mean boosting some voices and censoring others. That's how YouTube talks about it when they censor people. Either speech is free or it isn't. That's sort of the only test for it. Either the press is free or it's not. If there are lots of qualifiers on that, lots of adjectives, probably means it's not really free. Free and fair don't really go together because that implies you're going to censor things that you determine are unfair. So you're suddenly the judge of how fair my ideas are. We all get to make that judgment for ourselves, not a politician with a censorship power. I'll keep reading from his statement. The theme of this year's World Press Freedom Day is information as a public good. It reminds us that quality, clear, and truthful information is essential for a democratic society based on the values of honesty and respect, fairness and justice, freedom and dignity. 
I don't know what quality speech is. That, that's anyone's opinion. Same with clear. It's a matter of opinion how clear things are. Truthful. Well, we all want to tell the truth. Well, actually, I don't think we all do, do we? I mean, politicians often don't. Remember when the Global Mail published their bombshell, bombshell front page story that Justin Trudeau had fired his justice minister, Jody Wilson-Raybould, because Trudeau wanted to interfere in the corruption trial of SNC-Lavalin, and she wouldn't let him. She wouldn't let him interfere with the trial. Huge story, completely accurate, great journalism, quality and clear. But here's how Trudeau responded to it. The allegations in the Globe story this morning are false. Uh, neither the current nor the previous Attorney General uh, was ever directed by me or by anyone in my office uh, to uh, take a, a decision uh, in this matter. The allegations reported in the story are false. Uh, at no time did I or uh, my office uh, direct uh, the current or previous Attorney General uh, to make uh, any particular decision in this matter. But it, it was true. Trudeau was the one who was lying. Imagine if that liar Trudeau were in charge of deciding what's true or not, especially about him. And imagine if he got to censor what he claimed wasn't true, because we see he calls true things untrue if it helps him. I'll read some more from him today. As the global COVID-19 pandemic has shown, timely and reliable information can be the difference between life and death. Yeah, says the guy who wouldn't suspend flights from China, but stops you from going to visit your neighbor. Timely and reliable. I like those things too. But again, is Trudeau the decider of that? Here's Theresa Tam telling us not to wear masks. So our advice right now is there is no need to use a mask for well people. And here's Theresa Tam telling us to wear masks. In addition, where COVID-19 activity is occurring, Use of non-medical masks or face coverings is recommended. So yeah, who's the reliable one and who gets to decide who's reliable? I'll read more. Canada and Botswana co-chaired the second global conference for media freedom to strengthen efforts to defend media freedom and push back against disinformation. <laughs> and Botswana, that's our league now. Hang on. Uh, Trudeau went from supporting free speech to Pushing back against speech he didn't like pretty quickly, didn't he? That's what he said he would do there, pushing back. And again, what he calls disinformation is the truth that the Global Mail put on their front page and what Theresa Tam says 50% of the time. Trudeau doesn't get to decide what's true or what's not. That's up to you. The media holds politicians to account, not the other way around. The citizens hold politicians to account, not the other way around. He doesn't get to choose. Except he's changing that in Canada, and 99% of the media is going along with it because they're on the payroll now. Trudeau boasts that Canada co-hosted an international media freedom conference. I know, we were there the year previous when it was in London, co-hosted by the UK. Here's how that went. Christia Freeland had just given a speech about the importance of journalism and letting journalists ask tough questions. And then she tried to block our journalists from asking her any questions. What about the rest? Uh, the rest of us? Yeah. No, I think no. we all no. go. That's no, 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 go. That is no, no, go. no, go. That's, let's take us to the room no. and we can see if we can. Then we're not going, Brittany. We're just yeah. not. We're all going. This is a media freedom conference. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. That's a bad sign. <laughs> Trying to censor journalists at a free speech conference? 
It's a miracle that the other reporters have refused to go along with it. I, I'm not sure if the media in Ottawa would stand with us. In fact, I know they wouldn't. Trudeau keeps banning us or trying to. That's how he feels about journalists. He banned us from the leaders' debates in the 2019 election. We had to go to federal court to get an order letting us uh, go in and report on it. Trudeau literally ordered the RCMP to frog march our reporter out of a press conference last year. Trudeau hates us, and he even taunts us from Parliament. It is disappointing to see the Conservatives engage in peddling rebel media conspiracy theories. So he can taunt us, but he has deputized a convicted criminal named Stephen Gilbo, who's down the Heritage Minister. He's a convicted criminal. And he's asked Gilbo to make it illegal for us to taunt politicians back. We've seen too many examples of public officials retreating from public service due to the hateful online content targeted towards themselves or even their families. Oh, and Gilbo is actually creating a government agency that will literally have the power to turn off your internet. He calls it a nuclear option. Could we envision having blocking orders? I mean, that's, that, it, maybe. Um, it's not, you know, it's a, it, it would be, it would likely be a, a last result, last result uh, nuclear bomb in, in, a, in a toolbox of, uh, of mechanism for, for regulation. Now, I've been howling about these new plans for months, for years, you could say, maybe even for decades. Finally, some other media are starting to chime in. I think part of it is dumb luck. I mean, thank God Gilbo is just so, so bad at his job. Did you see this? The bill is about ensuring that these platforms that act like broadcasters pay their fair share when it comes to Canadian culture. So it's about spending obligations, spending requirements. It's not about content moderation. So I, I, I'm going to flip the question for a moment here, Minister, because it was important enough to put that exclusion there in the first place. Now it's gone. Why was it important in the first place to put it there? Con we're we're not interested. I mean, it's not it's not what the I, bill is about. I mean, I, I hear you it's saying not, you're not interested, simply... but there literally was an exclusion that was put in the original iteration of that bill, the thing that was reviewed, and then it got to committee, and bingo, bango, bongo, the exclusion is gone. So why was it important to put it there in the first place such that now the the committee has removed it? Well, I mean, the, the, the committee decides what they want the bill first of all the committee hasn't even finished doing it doing its work in, in, in terms of, of of the amendments so so we don't have a full picture of what the bill will, will look like when it comes back when it comes back to the to the, to the house of common for for third reading would you um, like and, to see the exclusion back in there it's not necessary i mean so so if it's not necessary was there, why was it there in the first place well, you know, we've we've worked on this for for, for many months. We 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 came up with what we thought would be the, the the best possible bill. But 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 bill can always be perfected. They will be amended, and it, it's not the purpose of the bill. So it's not required to be there because I mean this again this this idea that the CRTC would would start looking would start doing content moderation is 
has has no basis in reality. In, in its 40 years of existence, it has never done that. It doesn't have the power to do that. Bill C-10 doesn't grant the CRTC the power to do that. But, but so I, this whole conversation makes no sense. But a former no CRTC chair, Peter Menzies, has said, I'll, I'll quote here, granting a government agency authority over legal user-generated content ju doesn't just infringe on free expression, it constitutes a full-blown assault on it. That is from a former CRTC chair. Oh my gosh, that that hurt to watch, and I, I don't even like him. Um, I see that just today, it's so bad that the NDP has reversed course, and they said they will remove their support for Trudeau's new proposals until they're examined from a free speech point of view. If the NDP is worried about freedom, you know Gilbo and Trudeau and their bill is really, really bad. And I'm pleased to say that even the awful Conservative Party of Canada, the Erin O'Toole Party, the pro-carbon tax, pro-CBC, pro-cancel culture, pro-foreign aid Conservative Party, they realized that they should be on the right side of history on this one too. So they, they waited really until the last minute to choose sides. They say they're against Trudeau's new censorship bill called C-10. I know this because they sent me a fundraising letter asking for money. Listen, I'm, I'm glad they did. If that's the way to control Aaron O'Toole, to give him money to be a conservative and to cut him off when it's not, I don't know. I guess it's honest about who he is and how he operates. Uh, because until just a couple of months ago, Aaron O'Toole's conservatives were actually demanding that Stephen Gilbo go harder and censor more. I wish I were kidding. I'm referring to, uh, to L.M. Rays. That's Aaron O'Toole's critic for the Heritage Minister. So he's the free speech point man for Aaron O'Toole. I say that with a laugh because, of course, he's against free speech. I don't know if you recall this story from a couple months back. Uh, you'll, you'll remember that, uh, that Alan Rays denounced Canada's most pro-freedom newspaper. It's called the Epoch Times. I love it. Alan Rays denounced the Epoch Times, smearing that newspaper as a conspiracy theory uh, newspaper. And he demanded that the Epoch Times alone not get any more government grants. Uh, the Conservatives have never said that about the CBC or about the Toronto Star or the Globe and Mail. Just about the Epoch Times. You can see why Aaron O'Toole likes Alan Rays. But look at this. Here's Rays in Parliament just a few months ago telling Gilbo that the Liberals have to be tougher with freedom, especially the Internet. He's calling on the government to control the, interest, the Internet more forcefully. Take a look. There was the Real report. And the idea is to have web giants covered by the Canadian Broadcasting Act. I think there's a consensus among parties and stakeholders that the Broadcasting Act needs to be modernized. And there's also a consensus among many stakeholders, and I'm convinced uh, among the other opposition parties, that the legislation should have included web giants and social media and a number of other things. Did you get that? The law should censor social media, Alan Ray said. The so-called conservative wants the bill to be more brutal on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. And he said this, too, on the same day, just, just back in November. We say that this was highly awaited. I think uh, we were expecting a bit more. This legislation should include things like print media, they are having a hard time surviving uh, because of declining 
revenues. The minister explained that the liberal strategy is to divide these issues up into many parts. Be more robust and get into print media? The conservatives want the liberals to get into censoring print media. Yeah, thanks, buddy. We already have an NDP party and a liberal party and a communist party. Take a look at this. But on all But we don't see it in the bill. There's nothing in this bill that allows for the regulation of social media or platforms like YouTube. And it's clear we we would have liked to have seen this in the bill. The minister even says we have to find a way of uh, uh, preventing hate speech, uh, conspiracy uh, theories, and uh, fake news that's uh, shared. But right now in the bill, unfortunately, uh, we won't even be able to amend it in that aspect and because it's simply absent from the bill. Did you catch that? The Conservative Party was pleading with Stephen Gilbo and Justin Trudeau asking them to take a harder line with the internet, and YouTube in particular, they named YouTube, who do you think they're talking about, to weed out conspiracies and misinformation. The conservatives were demanding that. That guy there was Alan Ray. he's a conservative spokesman, he's Aaron O'Toole's point man on this. Could you imagine any political party of any stripe with that power over you? The power to determine which opinions were good and which opinions were bad, which questions could be asked and which questions couldn't be. No party should ever have that power. But imagine being so stupid that you want to give that power to your opposing political rivals. Yeah, I'm glad Aaron O'Toole's useless conservatives have had a last-minute change of heart when they saw the polls and saw the fundraising. But never forget, the entire political class, the entire establishment, they all want to control what you say and what you're allowed to see and allowed to hear. Stay with us for more. It's open. Where are they? Why, why they're not here? This is such a hypocrisy that they have been hunting me for months to walk in. Well, it's open. Walk in and and inspect if that's what you want. Where are they? I talked to the lawyers and we said, okay, fine. Let them inspect the facility if that's what they want to really do. But it's proving my point that there was never about inspecting the facility. This was about shutting us down. That's the purpose. And they couldn't shut us down today because of was too many people. It proves my point from the very beginning that they're not interested in health and checking if the facility meets their standards, they're interested in destroying Christianity in this country. They hate freedom. They hate everything that is just and holy. That's why they're here. But we're not going to give more attention to the hyenas. We eat hyenas for breakfast. We are a pack of lions! Well, you might recognize that face. You certainly recognize that voice. That's our friend, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. He has a church in Calgary. He's gone viral internationally for videos he's filmed when the government of Alberta and city police in Calgary have attempted to enter his church in the middle of church services. I should tell you that that's actually against the law, our criminal code, section 176.2, specifically makes it a crime to disturb or interrupt any church service. 
So why the police and the Alberta government choose to come to his church at that particular hour? I mean, why are they coming at the one illegal, interrupting, disrupting time? Well, it's to assert their dominance. As Arthur would say, it's the hyenas trying to attack the lions. Um, You may also know, because I've told you before, that Arthur was the first of our Fight the Fines tickets. I just checked with our lawyer, and we have 1,103 cases. Let's just call it 1,100 cases. Arthur was client number one. We beat that first charge for him. But he's been given not just tickets, but all sorts of court orders, very dramatic, much more complicated than a typical ticket. And joining us now is the reporter who filmed that little clip on the weekend to give us a report from how it was this weekend at the church and what we think will happen in the days ahead. I'm talking about our new Calgary-based correspondent, Adam Sos, who joins us now. Adam, great to see you. Hey, thanks very much for having me. Well, thanks for being here. And uh, I know you've done some videos for us already, and Sheila has spoken with you, but it's the first time you're on our show. Just a quick intro for our viewers who might not know you. joined the Rebel team about a week or two ago. And before that, you actually worked with our friends at the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, the JCCF with John Carpe. Is that right? That's right. Well, those are good folks. They're busy battling very similar fights to us all the time. So we, uh, we keep a track of their efforts and and try and write about them whenever we can. So tell me what it was like. I mean, I saw the one minute clip we just played. Um, Looked like there were hundreds of people there. I understand that there were police there, but they did not try and get in the church and they did not try to arrest Pavlovsky. Yeah, there were, I mean, there had to be at least 40 cops. As you drove up, there was police uh, stationed quite a few blocks around ready to move in. Uh, The Hawk police helicopter did a a few flyovers throughout the day. They were definitely... um, Making us making us clear and uh, present that they were they were not going to allow things to sort of escalate, but they were met with a very peaceful protest. Um, Pastor Arthur Pulowski, for all his uh, outspokenness and fervor, um, one of the first things he said is that this is peaceful and we will not escalate to violence. So he kept things calm. Um, you could tell the police very quickly realized it was a waste of time um, to be there and that this was just going to be a peaceful assembly. Um, they were speaking politely. They were very friendly, um, very friendly, cordial towards us unlike other police forces we've seen across the country. Um, and they even spoke with Pastor Arthur Pulowski, shook his hand and had a full conversation. We captured that as well. So um, they were they were present, but uh, they were they were in rather good spirits for a change. Huh. So you're saying the police were polite? It's what they were very, yeah. I, I know a neighbor actually stepped onto someone's lawn when we were shooting an interview, and I asked him if he could just step off the neighbor's lawn. The pol- and I, I caught this on camera. The police came over and gave a little bow and said, you're a gentleman, thank you. So they were... <laughs> They were very polite to us, actually. Well, don't be fooled. I mean, they'll do what they have to do. I mean, I'm sure there are some good guys there who are saying, what on earth are we doing deploying 40 SWAT team and a police helicopter? I mean, if you're raiding a Hells Angels biker gang and you're worried someone's going to sneak out the back, you deploy the helicopter. If you're some highway chase, you need a helicopter to make sure you don't get lost. You deploy a police helicopter. And did you say 40 cops? Four zero? Probably some. I mean, there were there I noticed at least 
at least probably 12 police vehicles. There was a large police van. There was unmarked vehicles. Um, like they had the, the big paddy wagon in case they have to haul a bunch of people away. Um, there was a significant force out. So there was certainly, there was a show of force. But again, they were mess, met with nice, positive Christians. You just want to go out to the street and feed people and worship in peace. So immediately they realized that there's there's no real need for this. Yeah. But they were, they were certainly not shying away from the show of force. Yeah, well, you know, I've been follow, following um, Arthur Pavlovsky for about a decade. I remember first doing a story about him way back at Sun News. And I know that the police have been hassling him long before this lockdown. They hate the fact that he feeds the homeless without a permit. There's some hate. I mean, he Arthur tells me he's been to court 100 times. And I thought, come on, you're exaggerating. No, it's he actually has. So I think we're just the fact that we're we're crowdfunding a lawyer for him. I think that that might even be new. I don't. I think he has had some lawyers before, but we're really trying to help him here. Um, now you uh, have found out that his freedoms are probably going to come to an end in four days. Tell me why you think that. Yeah, so we had we had our small victory for freedom despite the large police presence. At the end of the day, the sentiment was was one of victory for freedom in Alberta. He got to preach, he got in his car, and he left away a free man. There was no conflicts, no incidents. So we had that short-lived victory. Um, the government's not one to let pastors in Alberta apparently have victories, even if that means feeding the homeless and preaching. Uh, so unfortunately, today we learned that he received from Alberta Health Services a work order stipulating all these guidelines that had to be met by uh, May 7th. Um, which basically would be the day before the next worship would proceed. Um, this is similar to the work order that was received by uh, Grace Life Church and Pastor Coates on December 17th, which eventually led to the church being fenced up when the uh, criteria were not met and Pastor Coates being arrested. So the sense of victory and maybe some reasonability from police force was very short-lived, and, and we suspect that there is a possibility that when these standards, or if these standards are not met by Friday, um, we could see similar situations with fences going up and arrests being made. Yeah, well, you know, um, <laughs> I wonder if uh, if this church could get the same work orders as they're called that Costco and Walmart uh, get from the Alberta government, or movie productions which are allowed, or the NHL which is allowed to play. I wonder if these are work orders that only apply to Christian churches. But there is one thing that makes this very interesting to me. Um, you mentioned Pastor Coates. He's actually on trial today. Sheila Gunn-Reed is covering that trial um, up in Edmonton. Pastor Coates and uh, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky could not be more opposite in their personality and their expression. Pastor Coates, very conflict-averse, um, very mild-mannered, uh, turned himself in to be arrested, submitted uh, quietly in a lot of ways. And then once he was out, they're meeting in secret in an underground church in Edmonton, which is outrageous. That's the kind of thing they do in communist China. But he was not full of fire and brimstone. You didn't hear him talking about being lions against hyenas. Arthur Pavlovsky became a viral sensation when he said, get out, get out. Just a quick reminder, here's a clip of that. Please get out, get out of this property, immediately get out. Okay. Get out of this property, okay. immediately, out. I don't want to hear anything, out of this property, immediately. I don't want to hear a word, out, out, out of this property, immediately until... You come back with a warrant. Out. Okay, I just want out. To 
out, 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 out of this property, immediately out, immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property. Out of this property, immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Out! Out! Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed! Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property! So, you know, like casting out demons or something, uh, or the moneylenders from the temple or something, who knows? But, but that's, that's a completely different approach. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think Arthur Pavlovsky is going to turn himself in quietly at the police station like Pastor Coates did. We're going to see the second pastor in Alberta thrown in prison. I just think as sure as day follows night, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky is going to be thrown in prison. I just think, I just think that's the train track we're on, and the train is moving. I, I mean, I certainly agree. I think it's inevitable, and I think it is important, though, for those who might think of Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky as uh, this character, as, as this permanently fired-up guy. Um, he, he's like he's like a bear. Um, he's, he's cuddly. He's nice. He's warm and fuzzy. When he's with his kids, when he's with his family, when you when you visit him, it's like being invited in by a, a Polish family member. Um, he's not this out there screaming, constantly angry guy. He's very calm and very kind and very affectionate. Um, you really have to be going after his flock. You have to be targeting the homeless community that he feeds or the people who have gone through difficult circumstances and are finding sanctuary in his place of worship. That's when you unleash that angry Polish bear. Hmm. So that's not him permanently. That's his response to the situation. And I can assure you, and uh, Pastor Archer has assured me of this as well, he will not back down. You can do what you want to him. He will not get violent, but he will not let people come after his flock. And he'll, he'll, he'll stand by that, even if that means he's going to jail. Well, it's incredible. I'm very glad that we've got a good lawyer on the file. In fact, I spoke to his lawyer on Friday. I asked him to put a second lawyer from the same firm on the case because I think it's going to get big and complicated quickly. And I, I really think the city has a vendetta against them the same way, the city and the province, the same way they do against Grace Life. So I think this is going to have a conflagration. For folks who want to help, our client, very first client, Arthur Pavlovsky, We've set up a special crowdfunding page for him at SaveArthur.com, and that's A-R-T-U-R, SaveArthur.com. And actually, donations to that are through a registered charity called the Democracy Fund, so you actually get a charitable tax receipt at, at tax time, which is good. So if you were going to make a $100 donation, you get 20 bucks back at tax time. So, you know, I, I made a $100 donation myself, so I'd rather spend that last 20 bucks on fighting for civil liberties and giving it to Trudeau. Just FYI to folks, I'm, I'm thrilled that we have that access to that charity for civil liberties projects that have been taken over by the charity. Um, well, listen, I hope you stay on this story very closely. Um, I find that most media hate Arthur Pavlovsky, are rooting for the government to snuff him out. And if they cover the story at all, like today's, uh, like the Calgary Herald was just completely... A, outrageous, accusing him of violence, accusing him of fighting with uh, his Antifa neighbors. It was just an outrageous story in the Herald. 
I think the media either ignores him or defames him. I think we at Rebel News have a special duty to be the folks telling the truth about him and just point the camera at things and let it roll because that's the that's as close to the facts as you, you can ever get. And it'll be a rebuttal to the liars in the media party. Last word to you, Adam. Yeah, and I, I think I can't emphasize enough, and Pastor Arthur has been so adamant in this, he needs his pack of lines. He can't fight this alone. Um, he's not going to give up, but without the support of people like you going to SaveArthur.com and making a contribution, these legal fees will just stack up. Um, he needs everybody's support in order to be able to fight this battle. So I encourage anyone, if you are able, as Ezra said, go to SaveArthur.com, contribute what you can, and be part of the fight for freedom. Yeah, and just so folks know, none of that money goes to Rebel News. It only goes to the Civil Liberties Project. Um, I mean, this is going to be as big a case as Pastor Codes. It's going to be bigger because Arthur will not go quietly. And I think it's, it's quite something that the province whose motto is strong and free, that's Alberta, strong and free is the official motto, fortis et liber in Latin, is the only place in the free world that I know of that has actually jailed a pastor. They've done it once, and it looks like they're going to do it. I mean, lightning striking twice um, in the same province, two pastors jailed. Um, that is shocking. I'm an Alberta boy originally. I find this so alien to me, and so I feel a special duty to help. Adam, you keep it up. We'll keep it up over here, too. Thanks very much. All right, there you have it. Adam Sos, one of our newest contributors based in Calgary, doing a great job. Go to SaveArthur.com for all of the news about this case. Stay with us more. Hey, welcome back. ML writes, when we said we wanted a regional approach, we meant less restrictions for rural areas, not more for urban. This feels vindictive and punitive. Listen, there, there is no rationale to any of these lockdowns. Um, I think if you look at the United States, every U.S. state is freer than Canada, and the freest U.S. states are practically back to normal. And, and they don't have worse outcomes. In fact, Alberta, which is talking about curfews, has a higher rate of cases, if you're worried about that, than any U.S. state. This is just the deep state in Canada, the public health deep state, trying to control the world as they have for the last year. Amazing, writes, 80% of the people who have died are overweight or obese. 90% of the people who have died are over 70. This is not even taking into account the other comorbidities that increase the risk of dying. You know, you can get a lot of those stats on any government website. I think one of the best stats pages is actually the province of Alberta. 97% of people who've died from the virus have serious underlying health conditions. So I don't mean like just a, a, a trivial thing. I'm talking about a stroke, cancer, dementia, uh, diabetes, uh, things like that. And about three quarters of people have three or more of those. So it simply is not a risk you face, for example, this weekend going to that anti-lockdown rodeo outside, which is another factor. I, I think this is all public health theater. Um, open Air writes, 2023 can't come soon enough. That's very funny. And yet I saw a headline the other day that Trudeau is ordering vaccines uh, all the way into the year 2024. You don't think he loves his permanent state of emergency? 
lets him spend what he wants, regulate what he wants, doesn't have to talk to journalists if he doesn't want to, doesn't have to go to parliament, just gets to stay at home and says, oh, it's a virus. He loves it. He's part of the lockdown class. You and me aren't. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, see you at home. Good night and keep fighting for freedom.